Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. This is Pastor Jeremy. Today we are in Genesis chapter 15, starting in verse 1. The Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Through the story of Abram, I want you to see that you serve a big God. You have a God who directs your life. You have a God who will do miracles in your life. You have a God who will lead you through fear and struggles to his kingdom. The question is, is he your God? Do you give him the place of God in your life? Do you love him most and follow him first? Abram is frustrated and scared. He knows what God has promised him, but he doesn't understand. He is fearful. God addresses him, do not be afraid. If you read the Bible much, you'll get very familiar with this phrase. The first thing God does to move him from fear to faith is remind him that he protects him and he will reward him. When your future is founded in the power and the love of God, then there's no uncertainty. You know that in the end, it will be for your good. God takes Abram's future in his hands, just as he does ours. God has promised Abram descendants to carry on his name, his household, his legacy, but Abram and his wife are going past the age of childbearing. Abram is scared and because now his heir would be the child of one of his slaves in the household that he would be forced to adopt to have an heir at all. Now, this is a cultural issue that may not strike home with us because we don't concern ourselves so much with our households and our heirs and our family names. However, having an heir is a much bigger deal to them. It's not in our culture, but to them, an heir carrying on the household with a family name is a very, very big deal. So Abram is scared. This is what is stressing him out and keeping him up at night, the problem that his mind constantly comes back to. What is it that your mind constantly anguishes over? your children, your health, your, the state of your community or your nation, your career, your marriage, what stresses you out? Having faith is easier said than done sometimes. I find myself saying, God, I want to have faith. I want to trust you, but I feel my weakness. I'm still worried and scared. God, strengthen me and help me to trust you and to hand things over to you. Know that he has a plan for your life. I don't just mean a generic plan that encompasses everyone. He has a plan for your life. He can take you out to the night sky, and he can tell you to look up towards the heavens, and he can show you what he wants to do through you, the people he wants you to impact, and the goodness he wants you to enjoy, and the place 
in his eternal kingdom that he has for you, the, the sufferings and the sins he's going to deliver you from, the victories that he's going to provide for you. It's planned to forgive you, to restore you, to heal you, to teach you and grow you. Now, verse 6 is one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. He believed the Lord, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. He believed that God would be his shield and his reward. He believed that God would make his descendants as many as the stars in the sky, and he reckoned him, or God reckoned it to him as righteousness. I think we are good at believing that God is big and, that, and powerful and wise. But today, this passage pushes us to believe that God is good to us that he is always with us, and that he is working all to a desired culmination. That doesn't mean that Abraham is perfect from this point on. He's going to mess up royally, his faithful falter, but when he does, he will come back to God, and he renews his belief in God and his plan. And that's precisely the point. When Abraham is faithless and unrighteous, Wicked even. Those times when he should be rejected by God and punished with wrath more than he can bear, in those moments when he wasn't enough and he couldn't stand up to the standard, in those moments, Abraham returns to God, believes in him, and God reckons it to him as righteousness. That means Abraham is righteous, not because his actions are all righteous, because he believes in the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. Paul picks this verse out in Romans 4 when he writes, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who does not work, but trust him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. We come to God through trust. God knows that you are not perfect and that you'll never live up to the law. So he provided another way. He sent his son to, to forgive your transgressions and to live out righteousness so that if you trust in him and believe him and love him, he will reckon the righteousness of Jesus to your account. So that when you stand before God, he chooses to see the righteous life and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Now listen to what else God has to say to Abraham. And starting in verse 7, he says, Then it said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them in two, laying each half over against the other, but he did not cut the birds into two. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now listen, faith is hard. Trusting is not always easy. But as long as you stay focused on God and keep coming back to him, he will reward you. But you have to stay vigilant and focused because the, the birds of prey will come and they will try to steal your blessing. They will try to steal your sacrifice to the Lord and you must drive them away. 
This reminds me of the parable of the sower, all the outside things that stole the seed from the good soil that was not ready to receive the word of God. On the hard-packed path, the birds came and stole it. On the rocky soil, the sun scorched it and burned it up. In the thicket, the weeds grew dense and choked out the growing seed. You must be good soil to take the seed and to drive away the birds. You must be mindful about focusing your life on Jesus because you are when you're not mindful and diligent about it every day, the birds of prey will come and they will steal your peace, your joy, your relationship with God, the goodness that he has brought about in your life. Every Sunday, I urge you to commit yourself to spiritual disciplines, every single one. They must become a part of your everyday routine. Bible study, prayer, church gathering, serving other people, giving, meditation. These are all good ways to shoo the birds of prey away from your sacrifice to the Lord. Busyness is one of the main birds of prey in our culture. I just don't have time. But know that busyness is a matter of priorities. If you're too busy for something, that means you have a whole day worth of things that you prioritize over it. We must prioritize Jesus. Fear is another bird of prey. Shoo that bird away with the promises of God. You know that he knows what is best for you. He knows all the outcomes. You know that he loves you, and he does all he pleases in the heavens and the earth. Unconfessed sin will steal your blessing. It will drive a wedge between you and God and you and others. Ask God to show you sin in your life. Read the scriptures to know the way of Jesus and repent of your sin, of the sin in your life. Bitterness towards others will steal your joy and distract you from following Jesus. Discontentment and focusing on the money and the material things that you don't have will always drag you down. Instead, be grateful to God and trust him to deliver what you need, what is truly good for you. Now, the story ends with God revealing to Abraham more of the future that is in store for his descendants. In verse 12, God answers Abraham's question. Oh God, how am I to know that I will possess it? As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs and shall be slaves there, and they shall be oppressed for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nations that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your ancestors in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking, fiery pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So God lays out the plan, the future before Abram and his descendants. Slavery is part of the plan. Do not miss that there was much suffering for the Israelites in Egypt. When Joseph is being sold into slavery and put in prison and his family back in Canaan is suffering through a famine, that's what he's talking about here. That, that's how they become aliens in a foreign land and slaves for 400 years. Moses 
will lead them out of Egypt and freedom, and Joshua will lead them to conquer much of the promised land and have a home there. He marks this promise with a supernatural demonstration of coming on the sacrifice's fire, in much the same way he marks the promises of Jesus with the resurrection. These miraculous signs prove the validity of the promise of the covenant, like signing a contract or a handshake. The promise we have is greater. The same way that Melchizedek was a foreshadowing of Jesus, the promise of God to Abraham and the idea of a promised land is also a foreshadowing of the promise of God through Jesus. Our promised land is not Canaan, but the kingdom of God. Our kingdom is not earthly for a set time, but eternal. We won't have a human king like David, but God himself is our king. It is not set for biological descendants, but for every man. Every person who lived, regardless of time or place or heritage or class or whatever. So today, drive away the birds that want to pick away at your life with Jesus. They will steal your peace and your joy and your hope. Instead, stand tall in the promises of God. Live with hope and expectation that God is leading you through difficult seasons to the promised land. And it doesn't depend on your strength or power, but on the power of Almighty God dwelling in you. Thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I want to direct you to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Once you're there, click on the Contact Us tab and just let us know you're listening and how we can pray for you and serve you. We want to be your community, even if you're not able to be with us. You can also click on Give to be able to give to support our ministries. Also, you can click on the VBS 2023 tab. There you can find out about our Vacation Bible School coming this summer, as well as pre-register your kids to be with us. Tonight is the gathering. At 5 o'clock, we'll be serving. Uh, pull up on our church in front uh, on Main Street in front of our church here in Stanford, and we'll come out, find out how many meals you need, bring them out to you, or you can come in and eat with us. Uh, that's starting at 5 o'clock tonight. Come and get a hot meal. I hope that you have a good week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.